We are back. Uh, welcome in. Uh, just another sports podcast after another week of uh, summer vacation. Uh, Greg Swatek, Josh Smith, uh, Alan Etzler, FNP City Editor, uh, rejoins us this week. Nice to see you, boys. It's been a while. It has yeah, been. Good to see you guys. What the hell Frederick, or summer mm. vacation are you talking about? Well, yeah, you haven't even taken one, have you? <laughs> no. I think you were off for a day the other week, weren't you? I'm off tomorrow because I'm going to Hershey Park. Oh, right. Okay. Well, we've, we've missed a couple weeks uh, recently just because of vacation. Josh has been off. He'll be off again uh, next week. Um, <clears throat> so uh, it's just a slow time of year, so it's a good time to... Yeah, cramming those vacations. So, um, we did might you go? Did you go anywhere, Greg? No, I would. I would just staycation. Uh, 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 it was a sta- it was a staycation. So, um, I did did some things with the family and stuff in in, in the area. I wasn't just in Frederick the whole time, but uh, it was a staycation. Yeah, uh, I saw your time, uh, your so. brother had a birthday, thirty fifth birthday. Right? Happy birthday to Brian, our our most loyal listener, <laughs> um, our he, fact checker. Yeah, our, I, I told him the other day he should be our stat boy. Like I'm part right. on part of the interruption where they were um, where they uh, correct they mention all the errors that were made uh, yeah. during the show. He, he we we need him to like call in. Yeah. And, and, and I don't even I don't even want to know our, well, <laughs> how much stuff we get wrong. Well, <laughs> well, pop culture apparently is our biggest our right. biggest weakness. We we don't we're not up on J.R. Smith's tattoos and, right. and, and, and the beehive and and, 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 right. and, and all these other things. Forgot so. about them. Yeah, I did not get threatened by anyone from the beehive. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing cl- they cl- weren't cl- listening. Clearly, no one listens to this podcast right. then because. If they did, they, they'd be coming after you. You probably wouldn't were be you, working here anymore. Were you in that episode? I've never heard no, of it was the Beehive. Like, okay. I don't even know what right. it is. It was, uh, it was Chris Sands. Um, oh, okay, right. Yeah, and we were talking about his beer. And, and, and Chris knew because he, yeah. he has daughters that like, that like Beyonce. It's, so. it's Beyonce's fan, uh, fan group. Basically, and they're, pre- they're pretty. Freaks. They're pretty vicious. They, yeah. they they can come after you if you. Uh, I throw them all in the if, boat. If, if she's a she's a goddess to some. Folks. She is to some. It's true. If you cross the beehive, man, or, or Beyonce, they're they're coming after you. So. Anyway, I did not I did not get hear about hear from anyone from the beehive, but I did get stung by a bee today. There on my is. head, karma. On my head, coincidence. So maybe that's what it was. <laughs> coincidence. I think a wa- not. it was a wasp. Now I guess they are bees. So I got stung by a wasp on the head today, and I think that was probably because of my comments. About is that why you're wearing a hat? Because you puffed up. I, it might be. I can feel a little swelling on the back of my head here. I can't see it, but you know, I, I was it once. Hurts. I was once driving, and I felt something sharp on the side of my neck, and I looked over, and there was a bee, like writhing about to die in, in the passenger seat of my car. You? <laughs> right. I, I was driving and it, I guess, flew through the window and and, and stung stung me. So I just chucked it it's, chucked it right out the window. Yeah. So It's not a good feeling. It's the second time I've been stung in, in this month. It's a, Every time I cut the grass, there's this there's this nest that I absolutely destroyed with wasp spray today. So those SOBs are, are done. Those SOBs literally the SOBs. Are, are done, yes. Nice. nice. See that? Yes. Are we going to talk about sports today? Or? Uh, yeah. What, who, what, <laughs> what sports are even going on right now? I think. We this might is be, more fun. I, we're we're going to be firing some people into the black hole today, I think. Um, I think so. We, we have, because the, the boat's getting too crowded, and uh, and some people deserve <laughs> They be, deserve more of a punishment. Right. Flung into the black hole. So, yeah. namely New Orleans Saints fans, and anyone still bitter about the way this NFC Championship game ended yeah. in January. Apparently a judge this week, uh, Josh, you sent us the text uh, has ordered Commissioner Roger Goodell and the three officials from from the NFC Championship game yeah. to testify in court about this controversial no non call in, in a court. Like, 
wasting tax taxpayers' dollars. Right. And I almost want to see it like succeed because I want to see how it would be handled <laughs> if 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 this group of Saint angry Saints well, fans actually uh, succeeds. Did you read any about it? Because I, no. I read I just read a brief that we put in our paper here about it, and it and it wasn't as bad as I initially thought. The guy who was bringing the case has done it in a in an in uh, intelligent way where he's capped it capped the whatever reward may come out of this at $75,000 and he has said if he wins he will donate all of that to the Steve Gleason Steve Gleason right the, the foundation yeah. or whatever it was the guy who had ALS who used to play for the Saints so I'm cool with that yeah I'm if, just, if it makes some money for a charitable yeah, trying, cause he's sure. trying to uh trying to suck up to the yeah, the judges and stuff. He is no, but, but this is like a super slippery slope that we're getting on here. That bad sports calls are now going to be litigate, yeah. litigated in court just because people are angry about them. I mean, right. is, is that where we're headed in yeah. 2019? Gonna, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the statute of limitations are, but you know, 2009 there was a really a couple of really bad illegal hits on Brett Favre in that championship game that probably could have turned the tide. I'm not angry or anything about that, but you know, I, I, I maybe maybe I'll sue the maybe I'll sue the Saints. Uh, in, it's, in turn, it's here. like why can't these people just get over that they they lost the game? Yeah. And yes, they got they got uh, a bad call. Uh, it it cost them the game, but it, it happens to every team in sports frequently. Hum, human beings are involved, so yeah, these right. sorts of things happen. And why and why can't they just let? Why do they insist upon the pound of uh, right. flesh here? Why why do they need the red meat in this case for something? That, I mean, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Five six months ago now, <laughs> so they they can't actually go back and play the games. What, what are they going to do? Subtract one off the Patriots Super Bowl ledger? I hope they go back and play it. That would be so fun. That's this what I year said. we have two Super Bowls. Yeah. Like let's play <laughs> last year's Super Bowl in August at the end of August, and then the and then the new season will start immediately after yeah. that. Hall, Hall of Fame. Well, has the Hall of Fame game? Happened? That's tonight. Yeah. Well, just do that. Just do that instead. Yeah. Make, and we, it, make we, the Hall of Fame game the actual Super Bowl. We yep. could also talk about the ridiculousness. The ridiculousness of five preseason games. So the, yeah. the, these teams are going to play tonight. So I mean, four is too much. But now some of these teams are going to play five. In fact, I, I think no starters are yeah, even who playing. Who is even playing? The I, Atlanta and, and, and the Denver Bron- and, and yeah. the Broncos. Right. So they have five games. Right. So and no starters even. So why play two preseason games with with no starters? I mean, it's just, it's just too long. But the owners will never give up the money required uh, uh, to, yeah. to, sh- to shorten the preseason, and the players will never agree to a eighteen game. Or it's unlikely they would agree to an 18-game schedule. So it's just we're just going to have to deal with what we currently have. Yeah, I saw something funny today from Rodney Harrison. I think he was on the Dan Patrick. I didn't actually watch it, but I think I saw a tweet about it. Whereas Rodney Harrison said, I've been out to training camps. He's like, this is like summer camp. He said, this isn't training camp. These guys are running around in shorts and T-shirts. He's like, if this was the, the way training camp was when I played, I would have played 20 years. So, like, you know. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not even they're not in pads. Even, most of the time they're not in pads. Right. Um there's absolutely no reason for them to have five preseason games for sure. They they, they certainly don't need four. Um, I mean, two two would be yeah. sufficient, but it would require everyone giving up two two games basically. Yeah. So which which the owners will never go for, just like the players will never go for the expanded regular season probably. Right. Yeah, so, but they do enough of those joint practices now. They do exactly and joint scrimmages that you could just substitute that in. Right. Right, but you can't make money as much money off of those when because you can't charge full freight for season tickets and, and all the concessions, parking, and all and all the other it's stuff. It's a racket. So, it really is. I'll sit yeah. home. Thank so, you. Uh, my television is but, is really nice. But I mean, 
But the poor Saints fans, man, they're, they're still suffering after this NFC Championship game, even though they got the ball first in overtime. You know how the Chiefs were were, oh, yeah. were about to rewrite the NFL rule book, the overtime rules, because yeah. they because their defense couldn't stop Tom Brady and the Patriots because they didn't get a chance to touch the ball. The Saints had the ball first in that game, and what it, what happened? Drew Brees threw an interception. So let's yep. let's forget about all that. Let's forget about all the other bad calls the Saints have benefited from. One play does <laughs> not make a game, right? Isn't right. that what they say? So it's like, Somebody. so why is this? Why why are Roger Goodell and these three referees being forced to testify in this court, even if it leads to a right. nice outcome with well, with the charity making some money? It's like, why is this still going what on? What the hell is Roger Goodell going to say? Why doesn't Roger Goodell just give seventy five thousand dollars to the you know, Steve Gleason Fund and let's settle should. it? You're right. Yeah. Like they're the league only is worth like <laughs> how many billions of dollars is the league worth? They could just fork that over and it would be a nice gesture and it, yeah, it would all be over with. Yeah, hopefully something good comes out of out of this whole ordeal, like that charitable donation. But it's just ridiculous that it's still going but, on. And, and so. again, like what number one, what is Goodell going to say? Goodell wasn't an official in that game. Number two, what are the officials going to say? What what is the guy? What do you think he's going to do? Is he going to say we, we, we made I was a paid off? We, we made a mistake. I, I highly doubt he's going to say yeah. Somebody slipped me a check before the game, and that was when I decided I was going to make my. That's not going to happen. Like he's just going to say I screwed up because I'm a human being. Right. Right. And End of story. It, it was funny too because you texted the photo of uh, two of the Saints players in that Brett Favre NFC Championship yeah. game. One is the high low. Right. One is nailing Favre up, up around his shoulders and head the yeah. others at his knees and it, it wasn't called roughing the passer no flag right, right. so the saints benefited from that call right i'm gonna so. see, i'm gonna sue the saints right you should so uh moving on uh, alan and i are uh, cleveland indians fans and one of yeah. one of the one of the cool stories of the week um the indians made some moves at the trade deadline here that we could maybe touch on but um trevor bauer now their former pitcher in sunday's game was being taken out of a game um the indians were winning he gave up a couple runs and they lost the lead so Terry Francona, the manager, was coming out to take him out of the game. And in frustration, Bauer just turns around and he fl- <laughs> he flings the ball over this wall did, in center field. Did you see the metrics on that throw? No, I would love to have heard They about did that. fan graph metrics. Nice. 108 mile an hour exit velocity. <laughs> how, would they, how can they tell that? I don't know. You can calculate everything now in baseball. I guess, yeah. Um, it was launched at a 46 degree angle and the throw traveled. 378 feet did he hurt anyone with it no he, he so i don't know if you saw the the well, gif I did, of it i, did not. He, I don't uh, think he did but but he realized he afterwards scared he the living hell out of the second baseman because right. he turns around and goes to I throw and that. the second baseman yeah. jumps but he threw it to an area of the stadium that didn't look like there were any people okay all right well that was smart. yeah but but he, he is did, a smart guy so he, he did he did apologize realizing he could have hurt someone with the throw but just <laughs> that was I mean, amazing. Yeah, that that was more impressive than anything he did in the in the actual game. That's hilarious. in his time with the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, I mean, that, that, <laughs> really? that, 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 wow. He, he's a really good pitcher. He's he's very inconsistent, and he could be as bad as he is good. Okay, but 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 yeah, I mean, I will rank among his biggest accomplishments, <laughs> his most memorable uh, moments, uh, right? With, yeah. with the Indians, and then he was traded at the trade deadline on uh, on Wednesday. So his last pitch for the Indians, <laughs> as I saw his, his tweet, his last throw for the Indians. Traveled over 300 feet and and wasn't hit by and wasn't hit by anyone. So. And the player, well, one of the players he was traded for, his last act with the Reds was a bench clearing brawl yes. against the Pirates. Yeah, help weeks. Yeah. Right. Did I hear correctly that he was traded? He had been traded. Yeah. While that was happening. Yeah. He well, was traded 
Fought no. ejection. It, why Why was he even okay. on the field? If I'm the Indians, yes. I'm saying, why is he on the field? Because <laughs> no now he's going to be suspended. Now exactly. he's, he's going to face suspended three games uh, with, 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 with the Indians. So it's like, why is he on the field if, he, if he's not on the team anymore? So. Unrelated. I would, there is no one in baseball maybe I would be more scared of than Yasiel Puig in a bench-clearing brawl situation. That guy's insane. He is huge, and he is a little crazy. Well, in fact, I was listening to – I would be scared. I would be running away from him if I was anybody else on the Pirates. <laughs> I, was, I was listening on some sports talk show. They were playing the call of this brawl, and, and the announcers going, oh, oh. Yeah, I was oh, listening oh. to him. Yeah. And, and the guy's like, uh, and so-and-so wants no part of Puig. And he goes, and I don't blame him. <laughs> Have you seen uh, that guy? Like, It's like, who, his, who could blame him? He's like so. – he's his torso is like a tree trunk. Like the guy weighs like 265 pounds of solid muscle. And, right. He's probably like 5% body fat, yeah. like 200. 40 pounds and 5% body He's fat, got that so. bleach blonde mohawk, faux hawk. He's a pretty scary looking guy. So, but yeah, but like Alan said, like Bowers' last act with the Indians was the heave over the center field wall. Puig's last act yeah. with the Reds is this brawl. <laughs> was, a, was a right hook. <laughs> that, that he's going to be suspended for. So like these guys are a little uh, off. What both, did you guys both, think both of that? Them, the, so. the, the beginning of that brawl, though, because that dude just ran right over to the Pirates. I don't know what started they must going have crazy said. on him. What would somebody have to say to you to, to make you, you do off? that? And it was like, and he went after the whole like team. Like, he went after 10, 15 people. I thought it was pretty awesome. And he came out on skates, too. I, I don't know how he did. Like, he did, I don't think he had any cuts on him, either. Like, he, he got some licks in, and then he got out of it, even though he attacked, essentially, the entire Pirates team. My, my, one of my favorite parts of the Bauer video is the catchers coming out to, like, have this conference at the mound. And Bauer had just heaved the ball over the wall, which is like four hundred something <laughs> feet, and the catcher and the catcher has to turn. He's like, "Well, I don't have a ball." So he has to turn to he has to turn to the umpire to to, uh, to get a, to get a new ball. Now, that was one of my favorite parts of the Bauer video. The interesting thing about that is it didn't earn him an ejection, did it? How could it? He was already coming out of the game. But he wasn't out of the game. That's true. The umpire has the right to throw you out until you are pulled out of the game. Well, I guess he probably figured the umpire is probably even if he's, he's got, even if he's anyway. after the even even if he's out of the game, you could be ejected. Yeah. Like if you if you're in the dugout and you say something, which just ha- <laughs> which I just saw at a Nationals game this past week, where where one of the um, ejection well, indicates real bad behavior, it, it Greg, does. as you know, that's, it, that's it, an insight. Right. Exactly. Um, but a pitcher who came out of the, the Nationals game recently said something to the ump later, and he was thrown out. So it it, it could happen. Yeah. But, so that doesn't earn you an ejection, which is interesting to me. And, and then and then there was a Twitter video circulating of Terry Francona when he came out to the mound. Yes, and he, he's did, like, he what? did not appear to mince words. Right. He's like, he's, like, he's like, what the bleep is, is wrong with you? So and, and he didn't have to be an expert lip reader to, right. to, to figure out what he, what he said there. And apparently he – and he uh, Bauer went to the dugout and Francona came back to the dugout and went right into the tunnel. So yeah. apparently they – they had it out, and and Francona said that like we were concerned that it might impact the team, yeah. it might divide the team uh, going forward. Meanwhile, the Indians got five players for this guy. Also, it should be noted, I don't think that had any impact on them trading him. Right, he was already on the block. He right. was he was going to be traded, right? Right, but but they got they got five players for him. It was a three team deal. They got three prospects and two power hitters for him. So. Of all the trades made at the deadline, there, there there were some good ones. I mean, the Indians are they had to that had to be right up there as one of I, the best. I think the Indians did a really nice job building for the future without sacrificing the present. They're in a race, and everybody was like, "Okay, you're in a race. You can't sell." Who is? He's not the best pitcher this year, but he 
of the healthy pitchers they have has the, has the right. best track record, right? And so you would expect him to be the ace going into game one of the playoffs if, mm-hmm. if they were to make it, assuming Corey Kluber's not back. But or they, Carrasco, yeah. Right. So it was, it, But with this trade, they filled the two needs they've been trying to fill for two years, which is corner outfielders who can hit for power. And they got Yasiel Puig, who is a really good right fielder who hits for power, right-handed bat. And then Fran Mil Reyes, which is in the same vein, but he's younger and he's controlled until for like the next you know five big, years. Do you know how big that guy is, Fran yeah, Mil Reyes? He, he is massive. Six, and he might end up being a DH for all we know. He's 6'5", 275. He's bigger than Puig. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's strange for among six, major six, five, two seventy five. I mean, he's not very good in the field. Uh, like Alan said, he'll probably be a DH. But he, if he makes contact, the, the ball is probably going to travel a long way, especially this juiced baseball yeah. that, and there that was, we could talk about too. There was a stat that came out that this was the first time a team had acquired two players with more than 20 home runs mm-hmm. at the midseason deadline. Yeah, that's in baseball history, right. Yeah. That's crazy to me. So. But they they also they got the, the of the prospects they got they got a top one hundred in in Logan There's Allen from the Padres who uh, I think they'll be able to to build part of their rotation around in the future. I was going to say there's lots of um, crazy home run stats out there these days. So so that I mean obviously it's impressive. But the, uh, what was it last week? I saw I could not believe what I was seeing. The Orioles had ten consecutive games where they hit multiple home runs, which was a major league record. And I was just like, how is that? How have the Orioles of all teams this year <laughs> set a record, well, they're a all power just, record? They're all just going out there trying to swing for they, the fences they since they don't make contact. They uh, just swing as hard as you can. Like, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you why. You, per, per our man, uh, Paul yeah. Pabst from the Dan Patrick show, you That's sent, right. the, you I sent, sent that the tweet, tweet uh, earlier. But like, but like you're saying, Al, you're right. Like the Orioles, it's like, why not just go swing from your heels? <laughs> I mean, I'll see how many dingers I can hit this year, and maybe yeah. I'll get traded to a better team or something. Right. The, um, but yeah, I did send this. It was a tweet about how, like, most, most home runs through right. August, right? Some, Hang on, through, through August first. Of course, I I'm having trouble finding it. It was it was most home runs through August first in Major League Baseball history. It was a list of like, let's say it was seven teams, and I want to say maybe four of them were this right. year. Yeah, most home runs right before there. August first all time. 2019 Twins, 2019 Dodgers, 2019 Yankees, 1996 A's. That's that's just that's not quite Bash Brothers. That's after the that's, Bash Brothers. That's McGuire. That's McGuire. Yeah. McGuire. Ninety six. Yeah. Uh, two thousand nineteen Brewers. Two thousand nineteen Mariners. Two thousand Blue Jays. So look the, at of, the look at the one, top two, of that three, list. Four, five. So of the seven teams, five are, are, are this year. And look at look what's crazy to me about that list is how many home runs the Twins have compared to was it the Dodgers right below them? The, the Twins are number one with two oh nine. The Dodgers are one one eighty three. Two hundred nine home runs. <laughs> right. That's all they do. I mean that's insane. Hit dingers and strike and, out. And but the, no, no, hold on. That's that's actually an interesting thing to bring up because this is how a lot of teams in small markets have succeeded in recent years. Is you you low up on you load up on home runs and strikeouts and guys who get walks. So you either walk, strike out, or homer. And that, if you look at metrics, has actually led to more wins in, really uh, over long periods of time. But and so that was kind of what Moneyball in part was based on. Okay, right. Um, at least for when the when the Rays were really good, especially under Joe Madden, that's that was kind of his strategy. Um, but now you see, like with the Dodgers, the big markets have kind of caught up. It's like mm-hmm. get guys who hit tons of home runs. Everybody's doing it now. Right. And, yeah. and on the flip side of it, the Orioles are going to crush the record for home runs allowed in a season too. Right. They're they're going to give up three hundred plus home runs this season. Yep. So. 
So when Rob, when Rob Manfred said, no, Major League Baseball didn't do any, there's less drag on the ball, but we didn't do anything to it. I mean, it's just it's just such a line of, of bull that it's, that, it's, that it's not even do funny. You th- so. We've talked about this before. You, you asked me about for, it. For the past couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. Do you think it's do you think it's good for the game? I mean, I think I I think I said initially that I that it is just because it gets well. That's why they home did runs. It. That's why that's yeah. why they did it. But do you guys actually think it's going to be good for the game overall? Juiced balls? Yeah. I think people come to ball games to watch home runs. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean it's more exciting than the sacrifice. I don't. Bunt, it does. Right? It does nothing for me. Right. But the the, the purists the purists hate it because it takes the a lot of the doubles and singles and triples it takes some of the strategy out of the game uh yeah i mean if, that's if, what i enjoy if, honestly if you, if you I mean, love but, baseball right you hate this because all of those plays are being taken out of the game well also it all it's going to do is lead to more regulation mm-hmm. so the pitchers are going to get angry so they're going to do things to benefit the pitchers and then the stadiums will move the walls back and it's just going to i doubt that'll happen maybe the, maybe they'll do some things against the pitchers but i doubt they're going to change stadium walls i think they're Around the Bob Gibson they, time, they moved him they in. They did, but I, I mean, they like they like we were saying, like they like these these home runs being hit. So I don't know if they yeah, but enough people are going to complain. Maybe. Well, the other thing is the safety of the fans too, because now these balls are being yes. rocketed into the seats. Yeah. And these teams. Yeah, they've got to have netting. And, and, and these teams seen. are having to. How put, has it not been put, mandated are, yet? Yeah, they're they're having to put netting all the way down all the way down the line, basically. Um, because fans are getting struck in the head by balls, and it, someone's going to get killed by one of these baseballs. You're at Nats games pretty often yeah. now. Do they have it all the way down? It's it's most of the way down. I yeah. I, I think so I, haven't, I haven't played close enough attention to see if it's all the way down, but but it's well beyond. Uh, Can I use this as a PSA down. though? That if you're at a baseball game, stay off your phone. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yes, yes. You have to pay attention. Right. I, I get what you're saying. I get but, these but balls the, are hit hard and but everything. At the same time, sometimes yeah. you have no chance to. I understand no that. To react. I understand that. We saw. We, there was something we discussed about this just recently, wasn't it? Uh, at dinner, if you're using your phone. Yeah. It was on Twitter. I think we were uh, we were involved in a discussion about this, and and I think there was a complaint from someone about being at a sporting event and being on your phone constantly like you're look what's in front of you people we was yeah. talking about i think we were talking about people taking video constantly it's yeah. like what in the hell do you need that's what it was it was fitzgerald's video uh pat fitzgerald remember yeah the northwest northwestern coach right went on a tangent at the media day talking about how everything is different now because everybody's just trying to become famous they and, don't even go to a concert right. and watch the concert they just film they're it just the they just time. film it all so and it's the same thing with sporting events where people were going to sporting events and it's like Take, they're taking videos constantly of this stuff. It's like, when the hell are you ever going to go back and watch that? Right. And I, I understand. You're, you're right, Greg. There is There are going to be times where you don't necessarily – it's going to be hard to get out of the way. The balls are hit really hard. I get that. But, like, give yourself a chance. Yeah. Especially if you're sitting in some of those In seats. a place where there's some potential real danger. Yeah. Well, one of the issues is, and I don't disagree with you guys, but baseball, like, there's not a lot of action <laughs> happening. So there's so down, so, too much downtime. There's a lot of downtime, so people grab their phones or talk to I don't to their buy friends. into that, man. I think baseball is full of action. It's just not what people want. I agree with you. It's very subtle, and it's like, I, I don't know. Anybody, how old are you, Alan? You're not even 30. I'm 27. But, yeah, but it's like people that are really young, I just don't think they value what you can get out of going to a baseball game. Um, whereas, I mean, you're, and you were a big baseball player coming up, and so was I. So, like, I, the nuance of the game is what I really enjoy watching. Like, you know, especially because you watch a game from that, from that specific angle every time on television, right? Well, when you go to the baseball game, I remember when I was a kid how cool I thought it was 
to go and so like my favorite position was center field or whatever it was i would watch like mike Devereaux out in center field and watch what he did on every play because you could see that and that's like a lot of nuance and a lot of inside baseball type stuff that's really I would, interesting i would also argue there are more things happening now i would include a thing happening in a baseball game yeah. as a pitch being thrown and yeah. so there's roughly 200 and some pitches thrown every game so 200 instances of action. Now, it's not the action people want, but it's action, yeah. which is more than football. Yeah. Probably more than basketball. Probably less than hockey. Basketball may have it beat as well, especially with the way the ball, the, uh, the game's being played and the ball's moving around. And yeah, if you, if, you, if you say passes, it's probably... Yeah, but, Probably but I see your, your point is well made. Yeah, I, it's absolutely more than the – like, and everybody talks about the NFL. It's like right. the ultimate viewing experience in terms of sports. And um, it's baseball, you know, obviously has more or as much activity for sure. It's just there's so much space in between it. I did want to ask you guys, in, in, in light of Trevor Bauer's impressive heave over the fence, what are some of the more impressive sporting feats <laughs> that, that you guys have, 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 feats. have witnessed in your life? Ed? Do, you have, do, you have a, do you have any? Most impressive sporting feat? I had to have witnessed it like live or yes. just that I know of? Well, um, yes, you had to have, because anyone could like wa- pull up YouTube or watch things on TV or something. Have you ever seen something spectacular in person related to sports? I mean, I've seen a lot of cool. I, things, I have, I have one. I have yeah, one that yeah, comes you, to mind. You got one, like, go like for uh, it. John Hill, the the former. I was going to uh, say something track related um, to uh, Walkersville uh, track athlete. I, I saw him high jump seven feet. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool because seven feet is one of those magic numbers in in the high jump. If it's not Olympic high jump, so like high school and college high jump seven feet's a pretty significant jump. And I saw him do it at the state meet. So. That was like one of those wow. I'm, I was glad yeah. I was. I'm, I'm talking like one of those wow. I'm glad I was here to see that. Yeah, moment. I, I could. I'll just piggyback on that. And in a similar vein, when I used to cover Vikas Gauda, who was a, a discus thrower from Frederick High School for a bunch of years, I would go out and he would train back in Frederick um, when he was like training for the Olympics and stuff in the summers. And so I went out and watched him practice sometimes, and just saw him like standing right next to him when he threw a discus, like. 250 feet or whatever it would be it was just it's you know it's kind of mind-blowing when you're standing there uh you know watching him do it but it could be like if you went to an oriole game or something and saw something crazy like i was glad i was glad i was here for that or something like the only thing that's really coming to my mind is i watched jv and hawkins when i was covering football down in orlando florida uh he was a, a sophomore running back uh, I watched him rush for over 400 yards in a game. That's yeah, pretty, that, that's, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's pretty about. ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just like, wow. I mean, that that's something you don't see every day, even yeah. even in sports. So, Yeah, never seen anybody throw a ball. Well, actually, I'll say this. I did see Nick Aidenhart throw the ball over the right field fence standing at home plate when he was a high school senior. Why did he do sport. that? Just to show everybody just that so he could. Just to show that he could do it. It was after a game that they played. They played against Walkersville. My cousin was on the team, and so we were just yeah. kind of hanging around watching. I was in, in middle school or something, and he stood at home plate and, and threw it as far as he, he had. Could. He had Tommy John surgery in high school, didn't he? He did, yeah. Right before uh, his senior year or something. He did. Get, he ended up get yeah. draft, getting drafted very high, but um, yeah. he had. I think he had a season after he had his Tommy John surgery. But anyway, that guy was. Yeah, I know he was filthy even as a high school sophomore or whatever. He was a legend. Yeah, I think if you talk to a lot of people here who've been around baseball for a while, they'd say he'd probably still say that he's the best baseball player yeah. I've ever seen. Well, another thing that you said, high school player, a, a sporting event. That I say that I was glad I was at. I was at. Thankfully, it was like one of the only cool things I've ever done in my career is I was at the 
2002 national championship game when Maryland won. Yeah. And Gary Williams, you know, got that team its first title. And, you know, Juan Dixon was on that team. And just how great he was watching him that whole that whole season, and and for them to win that game, yeah. like that was a pretty cool thing. Yeah. to, to be it, at. it's a pretty broad scope. It's like either a really memorable sporting event you attended, or, or like just, a moment, or, or just uh, just a ridiculous feat that someone did, like chucking a ball four hundred <laughs> feet over a wall or something like that. It's like you don't see that every yeah. day. So, well, we can't go too many weeks without talking about our friend uh, LeBron James. Have you, have, have you guys seen this video uh, of him posing and flexing and preening at his son's basketball game? Of course. Well, yeah. he, he took a lot of grief for this. And, um, and I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it. It's like LeBron's son, Bronny, is clearly the best kid out there. Like he, that's my that's what I was gonna say. Right, he he's dunking on kids, probably swatting every shot that that of of the kids that he's defending. So it's like, why is LeBron like posing and flexing and dancing? Like, how would you feel if if that was like your kid and LeBron's out there dancing and stuff? I would. I wouldn't do what he's doing. He's right on the sideline. Everybody knows he's there because his kid's playing there. Number number two, like he's got to know that he knows his kid can do these things. So like. Why is he going crazy other than to draw attention to himself? Right. It's, I think it's great. He's supporting his son. It, it's yeah, great. I get that. Yeah. Uh, support your son. Be, I'm glad he's at a lot of his games and stuff. That's that's all great. I, I encourage that. But and, and cheering is fine, but it's like it's so over the top. Yeah. He, he doesn't even have a shoe on, and, 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 and he's got one <laughs> it, shoe on and one off. shoe off. In, in the video, his exuberance like, knocked it off. It's, it's like LeBron's being the jerk parent who's like his kids, <laughs> his kids clearly the best, and he's out there like yeah. flexing and posing and right. Like, all right, but here's why I have almost no problem with it. Go ahead. We we need a dissenting yeah, point of view I don't, here. I don't agree it's with AAU. Okay. No one cares about anything that happens in AAU basketball. Why like, Le- there why, are why, no rules. Why, 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 does, why does LeBron care so much what? that his son has 40 points or whatever? I think that's just – th- And he was I on the bet, court, essentially. I bet that you can find a dozen instances at any almost any AAU basketball game where a group of people wind up on the playing court. And it just so happens this was LeBron. Yeah. And obviously everybody's going to report. And that's fine. I, j- I just think there's, like, a, a bigger discussion here with the fact that – no one actually plays basketball in AAU basketball. <laughs> They're out for themselves, right? Right. And and it's all about making your highlights and yeah. making the gym go crazy. And clearly Bronny did that. And LeBron, would, LeBron did something I wouldn't personally do or advocate yeah. for parents to do. But, again, like AAU allows it, so go crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wonder how his kid feels about it. Um, I mean, obviously he loves his dad and he wants his dad to be excited for him and everything. But if I'm – I, if I'm LeBron James, I well, I think there's some better use of his knowledge as a basketball player. Yeah, he's than acting he could like be imparting on his son. He, he's acting like he was unsure that this was going to happen. <laughs> right. Like this, this, like this, this, my, this, this is possible this that was my like, son this, could. This was catch like an some pr- surprising outcome. Like his son right. wasn't going to dominate this game, and like he's so excited that his son is dominating this game. Like he didn't know this was going to happen. That, 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 yeah. That's what sort of strikes me about it too. I think an so. example you can you can contrast with um, with this is like. From what I gather over the years, like when Ryan Ripken, who recently got promoted from the Keys to uh, to Bowie, I think, uh, when he was coming up, the Little League ranks and the youth baseball ranks and was playing ball all across the state of Maryland, and Cal would be there watching him play, like he was off to the side. He was right. he was very uh, aware of where he was and was most. I think most celebrity 
sporting sporting dads are like that. They yeah. they, they want to be in the corners watching and silently right. cheering. I, I think we're going to watch that change. No, I, I, I agree. <laughs> in, in, in this age of look at me with, yeah. with, with everything, yeah. I and mean, then Le, get, Le, LeBron's leading the way, of course. Well, no, the balls probably well, yeah. started the oh, whole thing. Well, well but, that too. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it for the sake of the kid on the court or on the, in the field, you would you would think that the the, the famous dad would kind of go off and, and make sure he's he's not the center of attention in a situation like that. And yeah, and you think he'd whatever. like instead of jumping up and down and celebrating the alley oop that you know your kid's going to catch, you would think he'd be like pulling him aside and like teaching giving him, him post defense, right? Giving like. him some tips, <laughs> right? I'm sure he does that. I mean, again, I don't like I said, I don't really have a problem with it because it's AAU basketball yeah. and there's pretty much no rules. No one even plays defense. I don't know why teams show up, right? But it's like NBA All Star games. Yeah, this is what we would call a bad look for a bad uh, look for LeBron. And I was Famous thinking, Greg Swatek quote. And I was thinking, I, I had a new segment in mind. Uh, we, <laughs> a bad we, look. We could do Greg's weekly bad look. <laughs> okay. Where I could come up with a, a, like a, a, a weekly bad look of something that's not obviously the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's, it's not going to change anyone's life yeah. or tilt the world off its axis or anything like that. But just something that maybe isn't that greater could be could be done without so i'll 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 put put some effort into this and we'll come up with my weekly bad look all right so so lebron is uh, is our inaugural um, just created a new segment on the fly i i I did i I was thinking about it earlier because this sort of falls i was thinking like like what lebron did is not horrible it's great that he's supporting his son but it's just unnecessary and he looks like an idiot. His, his exactly. His, his energy is probably better spent. There uh, was elsewhere. a fun part of that video where one of the players was giving LeBron his shoe back, and if LeBron's shoe is in my hand, I am not running the other direction. Yeah, I am stealing LeBron James. Would you shoe. have LeBron sign the shoe first? No, before, I would before, steal before it before he ran away. <laughs> so. I would, I, yeah, I'm with I'm with Alan. I would definitely s- All right. swipe it. It's both. Uh, while we're going to fire anyone in, into the black hole, Saints fans and these people that are still are, yeah. are, are, are they going into the black hole? I think that's for for, in, for insisting upon this uh, court case continuing. <laughs> All three of us could agree on that, right? Yeah. yeah. So I send most fans into black holes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Never. Um, I had another one um, that I came across last night, and uh, I can't believe he's not he's he's not there yet. But we don't talk about a lot about NASCAR or even former NASCAR. Uh, drivers, but Tony Stewart uh, was at a dirt track. He, he's at dirt tracks all the time now, um, and he got that's into where he a, killed a guy. He, he exactly, and that's why I said last night when I saw this story, I'm like, maybe you want to just kind of stay away from or keep a low profile when you're at a dirt track because you did kill somebody at a dirt track. But yeah, he got into a he, he punched a, a fan in the face at a dirt track. I can't remember what state it was in. Maybe it was in Charlotte. Maybe it was in North Carolina. It's a Charlotte Observer story, but. Um, and this is like this is the kind of stuff this guy has been known for over the years. He's, I, I don't lot, I don't have a big problem with Tony Stewart, but I don't know why at this point he's still getting into fights with fans. And not only that, like another reason that I think he should go is because our fr- our friend Kyle McFadden, um, who covers local dirt racing for uh, the Herald Mail and Hagerstown, and he's done freelance work for us as well. He was recently at the Hagerstown track. I think he was at the Hagerstown track. And he ran into Tony Stewart, who was there for whatever reason it was. And he texted me, yeah, just just got blown off by Tony Stewart. So apparently he approached Tony Stewart at this dirt track. And Kyle is like, he is like into the grassroots of racing. Like he really likes to go to the dirt tracks because you can get, it's like why we love local journalism, right? We're, we're doing stuff that no one else is doing. Right. He's at the dirt tracks. 
he's he's getting he's getting stories about families that are you know obsessed with this stuff and he's really doing you know doing probably good. pouring life savings into it. i come from right. a racing for drag exactly. racing family and it is expensive your, your brother I and my brother it. races yeah. as well and i know how much time and energy and money he puts into it and that's my point like kyle is shedding light on those sorts of stories which are very local and interesting and he's he just went up to tony stewart and kyle is like the kyle is literally like one of the nicest people you will ever meet and he approached tony stewart and i think he's talked to him before and tony stewart was just like i'm not talking to you like get out of here like i this is one of the reasons why i don't i'm i'm out of nascar i retired i don't want to talk to the media anymore and he just blew him off it's like yeah uh, you can clearly tell that kyle's a young kid yeah uh, he's, he's not like some big shot um i don't, I don't mean like i'm not He's not some like exactly. veteran reporter right. looking for some story on Tony Stewart or whatever. Right. So, so I don't know the whole story behind it, but so yeah, these two instances of Tony Stewart being a jerk, I think he deserves to be on the boat. Yeah, I hope Tony Stewart listens to this. Exactly. And and, and, and Kyle, um, he met Dale Earnhardt Jr. before, and it Dale, like and, and Dale Jr. is his idol. Dale Jr. read a letter that uh, Kyle he did. wrote. That, to that's him. what I was going to bring up. Like Kyle presented a letter that Kyle. Uh, had written about Dale Jr. or to or Dale to him, Jr. something like that, yeah. And Dale Jr. took the time to stand There's, with him and, and read the he's letter. Got a great, so. He has a great photo of Kyle is showing this to Earnhardt, and Earnhardt, his face, like he's genuinely like interested in what he's telling him. And this right. was, I think, it was in the middle of a, it was at a press conference or something. It was after Earnhardt got off the dais, and, and Kyle intercepted him and was like, hey, I, you know, and he did his thing, and you know, it made Kyle's life that right. he gave him less two seconds of time. Yeah. And I think Kyle has actually gone on and interviewed Earnhardt and, and, and had more time with and, him. And what's, what's Kyle going to do, <clears throat> rip Tony Stewart? I mean, he right. was looking like for well, a nice feel-good story. Exactly. If, if Tony Stewart gave him three minutes to talk to him, <laughs> uh, Kyle would have been thrilled and, and everything would have been great. And it would have been a nice story that right. I, that he would have written about it. But uh, right. that shows you what kind of a person he is. Um, I, I know that he gets – I've seen him do good things and, and say nice things, and uh, and I don't want to say he's a complete jerk, but he certainly has his moments more than more than most in that sport. Yeah. So you have someone for the boat uh, or the black hole there, Alan? <clears throat> I don't think so. I don't think okay. I do this week. I haven't I haven't been overly. No, no one's been a jerk uh, to you this week. Uh, frustrated with with sports. Um, Greg, you have someone while yeah. Alan thinks. I'm going to throw a couple of running backs on on the boat this That's week. That's where I was thinking to of going. So I'll let one you go there. is. Uh, Adrian Peterson of the, of the Redskins. Wait, how is he not on? I, he's well, he has well, to be on. That, that crossed my mind. Like I don't I don't think he's been maybe, on before. Maybe not. Yeah, but he's a kid who's previously whipped his uh, child with a with a switch or a, a stick. A, a stick. Um, and uh, judgment has been questionable before, and and in the past week or so, we've learned that he's <laughs> in some pretty significant debt after making about a hundred million dollars in his career. So. A hundred million dollars he has piddled well, away. Well, there uh, we we don't know that totally yet. There, his lawyer is at least claiming that he got involved with the wrong people who took advantage of him. That could be a Ryan Howard situation all over mm, again. I'm inclined I don't to necessi- believe otherwise. I don't necessarily track trust record. Adrian Peterson's track record, but well, we can that, wait. That's maybe. not that's my point. Like this is yet another. I think exa- Adrian Peterson deserved to be on the. In the black hole, yeah. so I'm not upset about Isn't it. Isn't this story though that he he has he owes someone six million or something like that for a for a loan that he took out, and he took that loan out to pay off other loans. So like that that's what be. kind of an idiot he is. Yeah, that's that, what I mean. It's just another. So he doesn't have the money, so he's broke. 
essentially. If he doesn't have $6 million to pay off a loan that he took out, maybe he's not broke. I'm sure he has some money, but he doesn't have $6 million. That's sad. Yeah. I, That's I, stupid. Yeah. I don't think he's the worst guy in the world, but his, his, his intellect and his judgment are clearly off. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if, if you have $100 million now, and he's not even that old, and now his prime earning years are over in the NFL. Yeah. It's almost so, like an Iverson situation. Right. right? Same same deal. I think we've we've learned that in the past, you know, several years that he doesn't have any money either, and he's he's long past his prime earning days. Even though he's still trying to play or coach in that big right. three league or whatever. And the other running back I'm going to throw on the boat is Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, who's holding out with the Cowboys right now. It's like you have to know who you are and what position you're playing in the NFL. You're playing. You are a running back. There's no more devalued position in the NFL than running back. Are you throwing Melvin Gordon on also? Because he's doing the same thing. I mean, I guess I could. <coughs> I don't have a problem with but, what but, Zeke's but, doing. But, but, but Zeke, Zeke has a longer track record of being an idiot oh, and, yeah. a jerk, and a jerk <laughs> That's off the true. field. Melvin, That's fair. Melvin Gordon has the Uber video in Baltimore where he, where he's like talking to the driver about the Chargers in the Ravens playoff game, and the, and the driver doesn't know it's Melvin Gordon and he's playing along with That's the pretty guy. Great. So, um, but Zeke, who apparently – bumped into some guy at some festival not that long ago he's like he could be in like le- legal trouble again so so i'm throwing him on as much for that that's as probably like why a, he needs the big contract because he needs to pay his legal right bills. well i'm throwing him on as much for that is is dude you're a running back you're not going to make 20 million dollars a season is, is no matter how good you are but you say you don't have a problem with what he's doing i really just i i really just see what i see where he's coming from here he's been in the league three years or is that was well, he only been in the league tw- two years uh, it's, at least, uh, it's at least three. Three. But, but my point is, like, he is among the top three running backs in the entire league, and he's not being paid as one, and he doesn't have long to maximize his earning potential. So, and he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. This guy who has is the I mean, it's the most recognizable name in the entire sport. It's it's the richest owner in the entire league, right? I, I Jerry Jones is going to cave. He's going to give him what he wants. The problem is they also have to pay Prescott, and and if they want to keep Amari Cooper, they're they're going to have to pay him too. They have three guys that, that all want to be paid. Do you guys feel like their chances are dramatically different this season if he does not play, or they are going to be ju- they'll be just fine with Alfred oh, Morris? I, I think they're it's different. No, he, I I actually he's, think he's critical to them. I, Absolutely, yeah, I do too. Again, I think so they're. Like, much much worse off without him. So so that and again like that is his leverage. Right. So it, I it have is. zero it problem is. with what he's doing because he knows that he is so meaningful to them and he knows the owner that he has that he's dealing with. I can so. see. I don't think he's going to care. I yeah. I could see him pulling a Le'Veon Bell type okay. holdout situation where he skips the season. Like. I don't think Jerry would. I don't think Jerry will let him do that. Jerry. Like he's old too. Like how many more years does Jerry have at this before he's? I mean, well, he's gonna do it till he dies. Well, exactly. He's got the Vince McMahon complex. You're right about that. But you know, he could lose his mind. You never know in the next five years. But um, you know, he's not. I don't think he's gonna want to sacrifice the season. I think he Jones knows how valuable he is to that organization. So I think the money's coming. If if they only had to pay him, I would say I, 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 I would I would say definitely. But they have to worry about Prescott and Cooper too. And of the three, Cooper's the least valuable. And if yeah. I had to lose someone, he would be my first choice. But yeah, um, what is so? What is the top contract among running backs? It's Gurley. So if they gave, I think what and what was he? And, what was he guaranteed? Like forty five million or something? Am I low on that? I wish I think he might be a little high. I think he got sixty. Well, well, I think he got sixty total. Le'Veon Bell just made about 
the same amount of money. He, he in fact, Le'Veon Bell's making like fifteen million million a season, mm-hmm. and that's about what he would have made if it's he, about, it's, it's if at he the had same, just played with the Steelers. Right. Yeah, it's at the same average he, annual value as as Gurley, I think. Right. Le'Veon Bell did not benefit from holding out. He's, he's making the same money he would have made if had he just played out well, his he, contract with the Steelers. He didn't get hit in the head for a year. Yes, correct. Yeah, maybe he uh, increased his life expectancy by sitting out that year. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, it's not so easy to find this. So he, uh, his uh, signing bonus is $21 million. His total guarantees are 45 which is what I said. So if the if the Cowboys give Zeke $45 million guaranteed, they can still sign Dak Prescott to a really big – They've Guaranteed got a lot contract. of money in on that offensive line and that defensive line. Yeah, it's not. It's they not, can cut some of those guys though. Yeah, it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. The question is, I don't know what their salary cap situation is exactly. So it's Jerry Jones could obviously afford to pay any and all, any of all all these guys, but by the league rules, he has to abide by the salary cap. So yeah. and, I, and I don't know how strapped they are with, with the cap. So yeah. So Zeke and Adrian, two peas in a pod, two running okay. backs in a pod, go on go on to the boat th- uh, this week. So. Uh, that brings us to seen or to be seen. Uh, do you guys have anything? Yeah, I have a couple things. I know Alan and I have discussed this in years past. Um, I just got done watching um, Last Chance You, the new season. Have you watched it? Now, now that you say that, I want to throw this season of Last Chance You on, on the, the boat. boat. All right. This season oh, just man. wasn't very good. You didn't like it? Um, some of it I didn't like. I think they did an utter catastrophe. It was, and I, that's why I sort of liked it. It was a train wreck, um, even more so than any of these other seasons have been train wrecks because most of the time that, that's what. But they how are. do you not see it coming when you're dealing with that guy? Yeah, I mean, but I kept coming back for more, man. I wanted more. When it was over, I wanted another episode of it. Um, I hate that guy, Jason. Yeah. Jason Brown. He is impossible to like. Impossible. Uh, I guess he can get something out of these kids. Um, he can get – I don't know what his his success numbers are in terms of, like, getting kids uh, scholarships and whatnot. But Well, even this year they weren't very good. They weren't. Right? Well, only one kid who's featured in the show went on to Division right. One school. Exactly. Um, Gray, I don't know if, you, if you've I ever watched never, any never watched, se- no. season of that show – uh, but it is it is a must see. I think I think it's a, it's a terrific series. Now I think I think I would have to agree with you, Alan. That this this wasn't the best of the four seasons. Four right? seasons. Um, but it always le- like I cannot stop watching it. There's not many shows, and I watch a lot of a lot of shows. Like when I go home at night before I go to bed, I'm I'm always watching some series or some show. And there aren't many of them that I'm just like, I got to see what happens next. I agree with that. I have to to keep pressing play on the next episode. Yeah, so I saw that. uh, I watched that really quickly. I think I watched it in like four days or something. It was like eight episodes, I think. It's it's outstanding. It's it's really well done. Um, I'll probably go back and watch it, yeah. You should. And start with the first season because the first coach that they feature is is equally as much as as an a-hole. Um, you really grow to care for a lot of the players through yeah, the you show, do. and you you grow to also really value teachers and what these teachers and, are doing for these. And kids. that's and that's a credit to the the documentary makers. Yeah. I, I think they really do a good job at giving you um, a full uh, scope of of the people that are involved in helping these kids. And what I come away from a lot of times is I am just amazed at uh, how little some of these kids know being in college you know it's kind of and that's a that is a it's a kind of a demerit on like the public school system for a lot of well it's an indictment of what people will do because you're good at something exactly 
I think they get they get ushered through the system much easier because of their 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 athletic ability, and that's really sad because you see them performing in the classroom, and they are they are really struggling. And, and then they get to a place where things are expected of them; they can't meet those expectations, yeah. and then we shutter them off into the real world because you're really good at football, right? And that's how people who make a hundred million dollars end up broke. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of the, what gets you is that these kids, all of them. And Jason Brown even says it. Like, how many? Of the, I think they even ask him this near the end of it. How many of these kids think they're going to the NFL when they all come here? Them. And he says all of them. And when you watch them, you're just like, you can tell right away, like which ones are actually going to make it. Like, if you know anything about sports or anything about football, like there's maybe two of them are going to get full ride somewhere. And uh, you know, the odds of them going to the NFL is really minuscule as well. So, and but, the, but the fact, but these kids think they all think heading into this this. Junior college, I'm going to the league. Well, because that's their ticket. That's their ticket out of their current situation. Right, and that's so. what makes it so sad is because they have they've put all of their eggs in that basket, and they come into this school and they don't they don't have the 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 knowledge to get through the classes, and they think that they're you know what I mean like they're just they're just ill prepared for everything. You know what also sucks, Greg. You probably won't think this sucks. They can pay those teachers. They can pay those coaches for being on this Netflix show. It would probably be a violation for them to pay probably. these players to be on that show. Absolutely, because they're they're N- they are NCAA athletes, or they're, they're they might not. be NJCAA. I don't know, I don't know how probably it works. the same rules. I would think so. I mean, I, it's just the whole. It's a really good series because it takes you behind the scenes of something that very few of us would ever pay attention to otherwise. Right. But think of how much money they could be making from yeah. this. And then, and then when they don't make it, they turn to all the self-destructive behaviors right. and, and get, get in all the trouble. <laughs> there was a guy, SI did a huge feature story on one of the guys from the first two seasons whose name is escaping me right now. He was one of the linemen, um, and he was one of the ones that struggled in particular more than more than the others in class. Um, the, the counselor was really helping. Ron, Ronald Ollie. Ronald Ollie. He ended up getting a full ride to a small school um and was trying to make it in camp um he was going to try to go to the he had a pro he had a pro day pro day and the and si did a huge feature on him i urge you to go back and read that even if you haven't seen this show because the whole crux of the story was this guy was famous he everywhere he went everybody knew him because he was on netflix and guess what he was broke he had no money he he had you know he was still as poor as he was uh at the start of the series and, um, you know, I think he had, you know, obviously went to a four-year school, and I, I'm not sure if he completed his degree or whatever, but he was, the story was that he was trying to go and, and make it in the league and, and become a professional player. I don't know if, that he has. but The thing that has to happen is the NCAA has to relax their rules to where these kids could take advantage of the marketing opportunities right. that are presented to them. Allow them to at least find a way to make money. Yeah. Don't necessarily allow the schools to pay them if you don't want to. I'm for it personally, but if you don't want to. But uh, – in what world do we say you can't get paid? Oh, for because something? because then the free market takes over, and those that are able to make the money will make it, and those that yeah. can't make the money. That's called the real market should take over. Right. The free market should take over. I agree. That's what we. That's where we live. That that that's absolutely right. right. That's, like if you're if you're not skilled to do a job, Greg, you don't get it. No, I know, but but like paying but, it's the but, same but, thing. But if we're talking about paying the athletes, like who are you paying and how much are you paying them? Like because there's not these schools don't have endless. Maryland is. In all kinds of uh, well, then Maryland doesn't get to play pay its players. Yeah, I mean we've been over this numerous times on this show. But 
I love this debate, though. Yeah. This is my favorite conversation. <laughs> you missed. I think you missed out because we went deep, pretty deep into it when all of the stuff was going on um, at Maryland. I think we talked about that then. Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. I'll be real quick about it. I've read. I, I've been reading um, Steve Russian's um, memoir called. Uh, Gosh, man, Stingray Afternoon. So he wrote it like a couple years ago. There's a chapter in that book. And I even tweeted this at him. It was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool interaction. Like he actually responded to this. I read a chapter, and when I when I stopped reading this chapter, it was called Every Day is the Every Day is the Fourth of July. I think it was the name of the chapter in this book. I literally was like, I stopped for a second. I was like, that was the best chapter of any book I've ever read. Like I just was floored by what he was able to do in this chapter. It's a memoir, for God's sakes. Um, and so I tweeted that at him, and he he thanked me for it, and then it got some retweets and stuff, which was really kind yeah, of yeah by other SI writers yeah like too. John Wertheim yeah. retweeted it, which was really cool. But um, that guy he's like peerless. Like that guy is so good. This this memoir is like I I I wonder how much of it is accurate because a lot of it's based off his his memory of yeah. conversations and things like that that took place when he was like a baby and a small child and a seven year old and a twelve. You know what I mean? So it's like how much does he really remember that's accurate? But it doesn't matter. Like yeah. even if he made a little bit of it up, he he weaves in so much other information about like that time of of in the world in, a, in the country's history and his family's history and blah blah blah. It's freaking unbelievable. That's what always strikes me about Steve Ruchin is I lo- I love him as much as you do, but it's like how does he even know like half yeah. this stuff? Yeah, like he could because he he just has all these facts and things about he's, his subject. He's been he, a bookworm, right? He's, so in in this book, you get a story, you get a, you get a picture of who he is. And as a child, he he was always a bookworm. And there was this great anecdote I just read. So he was um, this a lot of the book is about his dad and his relationship with his father and how much he idolizes his dad. But uh, he goes into uh, the only time his dad ever went into a a, a, t- a teacher conference was because Steve Russian brought home f- apparently like failing grades on a current events pop quiz that was given or not pop quiz. The the teacher was giving Steve Russian a current events quiz every every day or every other day or whatever it was and he kept failing them well steve russian read the newspaper as like a 10 year old from front from front page to the back page he, as a kid he was reading about uh watergate and stuff yeah. like that and so the, his dad went into the school and was like let me see the quiz like what you, what are you asking him and it was just like nonsense questions about like stupid little stories <laughs> that were buried and you know what i mean like just and it's something kids might be interested in and he said no don't give my kid this quiz. Quiz him on national events. And so the teacher like gave Steve Russian a separate <laughs> quiz and he got he aced like every one of them or something. So like that shows you like who he is. He was like from a very small age was a bookworm and just thirsted for knowledge about everything. Yeah, it's reflected in his writing. It's remarkable. So Sorry, I would. Yeah, it's all right. Alan, Alan, did you have anything seen or to be seen? Mine's actually also a book that I've been reading for quite a bit, but uh, and I've been meaning to pass it off to to Josh. Yeah, but it's a, um, it's written by my Steve Ruchin, which is Wright Thompson, uh, writer for ESPN really magazine. Uh, I think he's the best writer ever. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a collection. It's actually a collection of his stories, and I flipped through it and seen like that. I I read most of them, um, but there's actually one in there. Uh, and the book is great. It, it's more uh, thematically throughout the book. One of the things you you see in all of his stories is he writes a lot about people's relationships with their fathers. And so, if you remember his story on Michael Jordan turning fifty, that's a lot about his relationship with his dad. And there's some other stories throughout that, which I think is interesting, um, especially as somebody who like I've had. I think a lot about my relationship with my father and things like that. But um, 
there is a story in there that is absolutely amazing, and it's about uh, a player who played in the NBA for a little bit and then went to play in Brazil. And he developed some form of psychiatric illness where he thought everybody was after him, and he ran off into the jungle of Brazil and was never seen again. And it is, I'm not finished the story yet. It's it's about a 10,000-word story. It is one of the most interesting reads I've ever wow. seen. And it, it literally tracks this man on, like, pay phone calls he was making to people and what he was saying. And, and Wright goes down to Brazil. That's and some he, journalism, baby. And he finds the taxi driver yeah. who was driving him through Brazil and walks him through the conversation and drives through the route with him that he took this guy for some reason I'm thinking his name name is Tony something and it might it might be I'm not 100% sure but uh it is one of the most compelling reads it's it's almost like it was made up and right. that's like re- like that's how you know it's that's how you know incredible it's journalism yep. it's like it's it's so real that it can't be real yeah it'd be great to have the time it'd be great to have the time and the budget to to do some of those things like Ray Thompson could take three weeks to track down this taxi driver in our in our line of work and I'm not I'm not saying we're Ray Thompson obviously but but we we don't have the time and resources to be able to do something like that and I remember I don't know if you guys read his story about Tiger Woods and Tiger's obsession with the Navy SEALs I I read it yeah Yeah. I don't read about Tiger Woods unless I'm paid to it is an (laughs) it is an absolute fantastic story Tiger's out of the black hole he goes he goes to this training center and talks with the with the navy seals who allowed tiger to train with them and talks about like how weird it was that tiger was in right. and like how they felt about it and it's super interesting uh i i was told uh, and i can't say who told me this because you know media gossip but when i was working at golf week we, we talked a lot about this story i was told they spent more than a hundred thousand dollars to allow Wright thompson to write that story ESPN I don't, footed the bill. I don't know how true that is. Yeah. But I mean, he was on boats like traveling through the like well, off the coast of Tiger's neighborhood to like try to yeah, see all, Tiger. All, and all the expenses he was accumulating yeah. along the way. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> that's another reason why those stories don't get done very often is right. they're not cheap stories to to produce. Yeah, ESPN so. also has a little more money than right. the Ogden newspaper company. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So, um, I wanted to point out the Sports Illustrated story on on David Ortiz yeah. uh, that was uh, recently published. That was and, some good journalism, too. And the thing that struck me about the story was that it's likely that we'll never know what exactly happened uh, to Ortiz or why this happened. There's such corruption in in the Dominican Republic that it's people are just resigned to the fact that we'll never know what, what happened or why, or why it was done. So that, and, yeah, uh, that's the thing that struck me about that story. And, it was, so. and it's pointed out in that story also that don't necessarily believe what you what has been reported about uh, the fact that it was a mistake right. case of mistaken identity. Yeah, the the, the government's story is that well, every a- every piece of information that came out about that on the night that it happened was ended up being untrue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the government story is the the guy shot the wrong guy, even though this guy they was nothing like, like he looks nothing like David Ortiz, uh, and and like David Ortiz is uh, like. Uh, a god in the Dominican. Like, there's no way that people wouldn't know who who that is. And plus, the shooter didn't. Ex- the, the guy accompanying the shooter didn't expect express much surprise when Ortiz. Apparently, he's like he just picked up his drink and like took another drink of his beer right. or something. When it so, if, if, so if if this guy mistakenly shot David Ortiz, his accomplice would have reacted probably with a little more surprise uh, in, in the video that they have of this. So. So it's, I mean, and, and people don't trust the police. They don't trust the government. So there's the, there's no trust in any of the, yeah. any of the authoritative bodies down there, which makes it impossible to, to, 
to prosecute cases like this. So we'll yep. never know what, what, what happened. Um, uh, the other thing I wanted to point out is it, it's Shark Week, and I'm not like a super Shark Week uh, on Discovery One Channel. One week a year, right? And I'm not like super into it. I'm like, oh, it's Shark Week, but but I, I enjoy watching those documentaries. If you had a nine year old boy, you would, you would, right? Because <laughs> I'm I'm stuck watching a lot of that stuff. With well. My son. There's this one show about great white sharks. It's called Air Jaws or whatever. Yeah, uh, you you might have seen I've it. Seen but it. but but they have this they have this amazing they have these like drones in the sky that are like shooting down on these sharks and seals in the water. And there was one scene that was amazing. It was the seal is just swimming along and like the shark and they're in the same the shark and the seal are in the same neighborhood. They make eye contact, and with like within like three seconds of, of, of them seeing each other, the seal is gone. The, the shark the shark moves in on the seal so fast and just and just takes it out. Right. So it's just amazing to just just to see hunting practices like the that. perfect. I, I the love, perfect predator. I love watching like hunts in the wild. Yeah, it, yeah. It there's is. a gr- if, if anybody's interested in African safari, there's a great documentary called Blood Brothers: The Lions of the Sabi Sound that follows a. a Male lions are called coalitions. Female lions are called. You prunes. tweeted about this yeah. recently. So it follows this group of male lions and how they took over more territory in South Africa than any group of lions ever has. And it was like a ten-year reign. Of, I gotta see this. Of lion where, dynasty. Where can you find that? It is absolutely amazing. You find it on YouTube. All right. Yeah, but uh, just it's it just remarkable to see like nature in, in action yeah. there, and this poor seal that's just swimming along, just having a nice little swim, and then all of it just happens yeah. to cross paths with his shark, and probably within three seconds the seal is gone. It's now crazy. these these sharks, some of these seals are smart, and they've adapted to these sharks' predatory habits and stuff, and the and the 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 attacks don't always work. Sometimes the shark misses, but but not very often. And, and when, when when you see just the speed in which they can just attack and <laughs> and and kill I read, it, it's it's amazing i read something recently about uh i think it was a, it was either a walrus or a seals like walking off of a cliff did you guys hear about this like there's a particular spot in the world where these these animals would would congregate during a certain time of the year and um because of global warming and the way everything is changing um the area that they were they would go to has gotten smaller, or maybe there's more predators in that area. So they were seeking higher ground, right? So these are like they're walruses or seals. So they were seeking higher ground, and apparently a lot of them don't understand. They think that like if they're in the Arctic and they're on a on an iceberg and they fall off the side of the iceberg, they land in the water, right? Well, they're on a cliff and they think that's what they're on. So a lot of them are just like walking off the side of cliffs and plunging to their deaths. And apparently like it's it's happening regularly and it's a jarring it's apparently a really jarring thing to see as you would imagine so that, i've read something about that recently it's, nature is it's, it's changing it's, man it's wild it's wild yeah and it's it changing yep last thing i was going to say is i'm planning on going to see a once upon a time in hollywood uh this week oh, you I, punk I, I, what? oh I, man if i have either of you guys uh, seen that movie yet no and i i want to see it definitely that's the tarantino movie yeah. i probably yeah, with, won't with brad pitt and uh dicaprio how do you not like quentin tarantino He's okay. I mean, I don't go as, out of my way to see As him. a writer yourself, you should love him because <sighs> his writing is unbelievable. His script writing, to me, is, like, peerless. Do yeah, you, do so you like the, any... one, the one thing he does do a great job of is you could pretty much have an entire movie of dialogue. His dialogue is, is – nobody but writes dialogue the, like The him. action scenes are a little over the top for me. Yeah, I don't really go out of my way to see him. I, I do you it. like Tarantino movies or not, not the biggest – is there one you really they're, like? They're or, okay. No, uh, yeah. 
the one I've found myself most and everybody's if you're thinking of Tarantino movies, you're not going to think of this one. Uh, but the Hateful Eight, I literally could not take my Loved eyes it. off. Yeah. That was but his that, most recent one. Yeah. And, I, and I love Django Unchained. Uh, uh, yeah. I thought Django like was too slow, yeah. bothered me. Oh, really? Okay. I'm, oh. a, I'm a huge fan of all of them. I don't, I don't know if I have a favorite. Django, I think, is probably my favorite. Yeah. Know, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, you said Django is one of your favorite movies yeah. ever. I, so. I, I remember, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a huge fan of that movie. And so I want to see I want to see it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, yep. I don't know. You'll see it before me. All right, that is it. Uh, Alan, thank you. Uh, thanks to Graham Cullen for producing. And uh, we will see you all next week back here on Just Another Sports Podcast. Not Josh, though, because he'll be on vacation. Goodbye.